You've heard the candidates debate the issue. I'm just interested in making things right. You heard what I said. I gave you a good answer. Now hear your friends and neighbors react on the air. She's constantly wearing a mask. It's time for a woman president. This is a special presentation. The first debate. Jacksonville reacts. And good morning, it's Rich Jones. 42 days, six weeks until the election. So many key moments from the debate. I have a feeling that by the end of this evening, I'm going to be blamed for everything that's ever happened. Why not? Why not? Yeah, why not? Jo- you know, just just, just join, uh, join the debate by uh, saying more crazy things. And now you're just starting to think of solutions. Well, actually, I will bring, excuse me, I will bring back jobs. When she releases her 33,000 emails that have been deleted, as soon as she releases them, I will release, I will release my tax returns. And you know what else I prepared for? I prepared to be president. And I think that's a good thing. Frankly, I think the best person in her campaign is mainstream media. My question is, Just, since you, would you like to hear? Him, why is your I was why against is your the judgment? war. Wait a minute. Woo. Okay. Mine's getting a little bit old, I must say. Listen. It's a good one, I, though. I would like well to. Well describes not, the problem. Not a, it's not an accurate one at all. I want to get on to defeating ISIS because I want to get on to creating jobs. Vote as though. Your future depended on it, because I think it does. That's just 60 seconds from what ended up being a 90-plus minute debate last night live on WOKV. Our political analyst Rick Mullaney with Jacksonville University Public Policy Institute. If you took a 30,000-foot view of things, does anyone walk out of Hofstra with an advantage? Well, I think on debating points, the edge went to Hillary Clinton. However, in broad strokes, I don't think this was a game-changer of a debate. Um, Almost the tale of two debates. Donald Trump did well early. I thought he did well on NAFTA. He did well on TPP. He did well on trade. However, once he got to the question about his tax returns and the birther issue, you saw the last hour shift dramatically to Hillary Clinton. I thought she did a better job of going on offense and putting him on defense. And Donald Trump did not really appear as prepared to go after Hillary Clinton's weaknesses. Uh, Hillary was very prepared to go after his. It did not appear that Donald Trump, if you're in his campaign, you have to be questioning, why didn't he discuss the emails? Not a word going on, not a discussion of, of the Clinton Foundation, nothing about her speeches with Goldman Sachs. So he had every opportunity to do that. On the overall, in terms of pure debating, get a little bit of an edge to Hillary Clinton. You know, how much of that was debate strategy going into it? I mean, the, the days prior to this debate, we were hearing reports about how Hillary Clinton had been hunkered down, had been doing multiple debate sessions, practice runs and whatnot. And uh, we were getting mixed signals that would appear from Trump's campaign, uh, almost setting the expectation bar relatively low in that, well, you know, he's going to be who he is and there isn't a whole lot of debate prep. I don't know if I necessarily buy that. I would imagine there must have been some sort of debate prep, but... Was that a, a strategy to come out and let's, let's, let's clean things up for the next debate, depending on how he performs the first time through? Well, there very, very well may have been a strategy to set expectations. That's what the public might have expected. But as far as the preparation goes, I'll go with a simple proposition. It's better to be prepared. And, and in last night's debate, Hillary Clinton was better prepared to go after Donald Trump's weaknesses. And she did it fairly effectively, talking about his tax returns or lack of tax returns of uh, talking about the birther movement, talking about some of his business practices, talking about his statements about women, talking about his views on NATO uh, and nuclear weapons. He, on the other hand, had an opportunity. There weren't direct questions, but Lester Holt gave him every opportunity to pivot. In debating terms, he had an opportunity to go on offense, particularly on emails, particularly on the Clinton Foundation, Benghazi, the war in Iraq. But Donald Trump did not. I think some of that showed, quite frankly, he wasn't quite as prepared to go after those issues. And you may see a big change in the second debate. 
because overall last night it did appear the better prepared debater was Hillary Clinton. With there being such a a small segment based on the polls, I mean, people are in their corners on who they're going to support at this point. Don't know how many minds may ultimately change as a result of, uh, you know, three debates and and continuing, um, you know, barrage of ads on social media and on television and radio as well. So if you look at a small enough sample size, whatever the percentage happens to be, were the issues that were covered, are things like taxes and, and emails really issues that can drive an undecided to ultimately say, there's my person? Or is it bigger picture on what you're going to do about the economy, on how you're going to try to uh, win the war on terror and the war against ISIS? Um, I think it's a little bit bigger picture. And by the way, I think Donald Trump did do himself some good last night. On broad strokes, on broad issues, he had, he had several points during that debate that helped him and helped him in terms of his base, but also helped him with the broader audience. The debate started out on strong footing on the economy when he began to talk about TPP and his alleged flip-flop by Hillary Clinton on TPP, on NAFTA, and then tying her and her husband together and asking the question, if she hasn't done it in 30 years, why would, she, why would you expect her to do it now? So in broad themes, on law and order, he did well. Hillary Clinton, on the other hand, played to her strength. Uh, she knows public policy, and she got into some of the weeds on it. I thought she kept her composure, and I thought she did a good job of defining the issues, of fighting the battle on her turf, not on his. But in the end, Rich, and going to your point, I don't think anybody was listening for a particular issue such as, are you going to decrease taxes or increase taxes, over which there was some disagreement. There was an impression of the candidates that you come away with. I do think Donald Trump advanced his cause at many points in the debate, uh, but Hillary Clinton appeared to be very well prepared. And in terms of pure debating points, which isn't necessarily translated into votes, but in pure debating points. I thought she had a good evening. WOKV's political analyst, uh, Rick Mullaney, uh, with uh, Jacksonville Public Policy Institute. We pulled together a focus group of uh, some decided, some partisans, and some undecideds about you know some of the key moments that happened last night. I don't think that anything was achieved. I, I think that the debate moderator mm-hmm. did a poor job. Nobody cares about the birther movement anymore. I don't know why we spent five minutes on it or however long it was. It was stupid. Rick, is there something to that? Uh, you know, things, the issues around birther movements and stamina that have been brought up uh, and back and forth between Clinton and Trump that, uh, that maybe that small sample size of undecideds just really don't care about? Or is it a big enough issue? Um, I think that, that that comment makes a pretty good point. Lester Holt certainly did ask two questions that were going directly at Donald Trump in terms of vulnerability. He asked the question on release of his tax returns. He asked the question on the birther movement. And Lester Holt may have been reacting to the criticism of Matt Lauer, who spent 50% of a forum in the commander-in-chief forum asking Hillary Clinton about her emails. So Lester Holt did not ask a single question about email. As a result of that, you may have some viewers who are asking, why these questions? But in fairness, I thought the moderator gave both candidates the opportunity to go where they wanted last night. He gave them flexibility. He gave them room. He let them talk to each other. Donald Trump had every opportunity uh, to discuss any of those issues, and he just didn't appear, appear quite as prepared to do that. I thought he did well on some broad themes, but he did not seem well prepared to go after the vulnerabilities of Hillary Clinton. A lot of times out of these debates, Rick Mullaney, our political analyst, uh, you have that one moment um, that will live on, and, and and you may ultimately be able to define the um, debate on. Was there any one moment? What we saw on Facebook, for example, was this one-liner from Trump. I think my strongest asset, maybe by far, is my temperament. I have a winning temperament. I know how to win. 
She does not have Secretary Clinton. Wait. And as I look out of the corner of my eye, Rick, I see one moment that's uh, trending on social media, which is the, if you will, the shimmy that uh, Hillary Clinton did, apparently. Are those moments that live on in this? I mean, those aren't substance issues. You know, it's always hard to tell the day after. It usually takes about two, maybe three days before a general consensus begins to emerge about how a debate really went. And out of that 90 minutes after two or three days, you'll see that a couple moments or a couple comments will come to the top. It did not appear to me that we had a Michael Dukakis moment last night, like on the question to him about his death penalty, or a Gerald Ford moment where he did not be prepared, ill-prepared on the Soviet dominance of Eastern Europe. Um, But it did. So we'll see what that is in two or three days. There is no standout moment like that to me. There were several moments where Hillary Clinton did well. There were several moments where Donald Trump did well. All right. Our uh, political analyst, Rick Mullaney with Jacksonville University Public Policy Institute. A lot more ground to cover in the coming weeks and October 9th. Next Sunday is the next presidential debate. It takes place in St. Louis. Open up our app and send a voice recording using the open mic feature and you can be heard on the air. I'm a little bit disappointed in Mr. Trump this morning. I think he could have pushed a little harder. I uh, dropped the ball. Pushed a little harder. ABC's Brad Milkey at Hofstra. Was that one of the uh, topics that came up in the spin room from some of Trump's supporters that maybe he could have jabbed a little bit harder through the night? I don't think the jabbing hard was necessarily part of the issue so much as just sort of presenting a a cogent sort of prosecution of Hillary Clinton, because when he did that, he seemed rather effective. It was the moments where he was giving short answers to questions that seemed to have uh, a truthful and a non-truthful answer, and he he chose the latter as far as, you know, his opposition to the Iraq war. Uh, At one point, he had both Hillary Clinton and Lester Holt telling him, uh, you you know, uh, the record speaks otherwise about what your record is with the Iraq war. Those were the moments that that hurt him, as well as, you know, Hillary Clinton sort of getting to bring up issues about uh, his words about women. And then he goes and talks about Rosie O'Donnell. I mean, these are the sorts of things that I think you could imagine voters, even Donald Trump supporters, going, man, come on, let's 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 get it going here. The fact checkers obviously had a lot of ground to cover. Clinton denying Trump's accusation that she called TPP, the Trans-Pacific Partnership trade deal, a gold standard of trade agreements. Um, She did actually say that on a 2012 uh, trip to Australia. So there was a flip-flop there. I think more than anything in looking through the fact-checking, a lot of exaggerations probably would be the best way to sum it up. Yeah, we have a whole list of fact checks on abcnews.com, and a lot of them are rated, you know, there are some that are true, there are some that are false, there are a lot of that are yes and no, and that one on the TPP, I think, is a good example, where she did use that phrase. Uh, she then, however, also sort of couched her language saying, you know, well, the approved version of the bill will have to see about this and that. So, so those are examples where, you know, one candidate can, can focus on one part of the phrase, the other can focus on the other part of the phrase, and, and they can both sort of claim that they're right. Um, and so that is the challenge for fact checkers. That's the challenge for Lester Holt. And just this morning, Mike Pence just came on Good Morning America and said he was disappointed with Lester Holt, specifically that we didn't hear more about Hillary Clinton's sort of scandals that we always talk about, right? Uh, the email server got a rather quick response from her. Uh, Donald Trump was really the only one to continue pressing upon that. And, and Benghazi, very little about Benghazi. But then again, uh, Lester Holt's uh, you know, uh, topics for the night were more about securing America, homeland security uh, than necessary. Necessarily dealing with the Benghazi attack, but you know, in, in a lot of people's minds, it's all related. Would you want that job? I mean, you you walk out of something like that, depending on uh, whose side you're on, as the most hated person in this whole thing. Especially 
particularly with with characters like the ones here, these larger-than-life candidates, Hillary Clinton, who has this team of, of political uh, lifers working around her, sort of, you know, you've seen a ton of these things, you want to be able to surprise them and really sort of get to the core of her and, and not just a talking point. And Donald Trump, of course, we know how hard it is to moderate Donald Trump. So I imagine it was difficult for, for Lester last night, uh, just trying to rein them in, and dealing with a crowd that was a little bit more active than perhaps they should have been. They were told repeatedly by him and by the organizers to stay quiet. That's not always what happened. All right, so there was so much buildup. ABC's Brad Milkey in uh, New York at Hofstra University, uh, the site of the first debate. There was so much buildup for putting these two together on the same stage, and what would they do, and how nasty would it get? That's over with now. And maybe um, we've covered ground on things like birther, and maybe uh, on um, emails, and maybe other things. So, as we start to fast forward to the next debate, I believe next Sunday the 9th in, in St. Louis, it's on a Sunday night, so it's up against football, and everyone else's Sunday night plans, maybe going to bed a little bit early uh, to get back to work, but do we see different kind of ground maybe being covered? What are the opportunities that, that you can see for both Trump and Clinton that maybe they left a little bit on the table that they can really dive into in the next week? Sure. Well, the format will be different, and that's because it will be a town hall moderated by ABC's Martha Raddatz. I can assure you she'll be great, along with uh, CNN's Anderson Cooper. And so they'll be taking voter questions and kind of moderating that. So that in itself will be interesting to hear things, not just prepared by a journalist, but prepared by sort of undecided voters around the country. Secondly, you have Hillary Clinton, who I think there are Hillary Clinton fans out there who who probably saw her perhaps a little rocked back by by Donald Trump's vociferousness early on. They might want her to, to, you know, present a, a little bit more uh, you know, thought-out whiz-bang answers to some of his interruptions, perhaps deal with him a little more smoothly. And for Donald Trump supporters, I think they, they even might want to hear a little bit more detail. If he says, just trust me when it comes to defeating ISIS, uh, maybe just a, a little bit more ground rules as to, as to what all that encompasses. So uh, I think, again, a little bit more uh, style from Clinton, a little bit more substance from Trump. That might be what the voters are looking for. ABC's Brad Milkey on the road to the White House. We'll check back again with you throughout the rest of this week. All we're now six days away. The debate was a couple of kids that were squabbling over something they didn't know very much about. A couple of kids is what many uh, people were saying in the open mic feature in the WOKV app as we're now six weeks away from the election, 42 days away. Rich Jones here. Our Kevin Rayfuse is uh, in New York at Hofstra University, site of the first of three presidential debates. And on our app and at WOKV.com, pretty cool interactive uh, rate the debate tool that we put up there for the very first time. This was neat. It uh, provided us with some interesting takeaways. 96% identified themselves as registered voters. And one of the key takeaways came in this moment. First of all, Secretary Clinton doesn't want to use a couple of words, and that's law and order. And we need law and order. If we don't have it, we're not going to have a country. Trump saw high agree rankings across independents, Democrats, and Republicans when he commented on our inner cities, African Americans and Hispanics living in hell, as he put it. In Chicago, there are thousands of shootings. Stop the violence. We have to bring law and order. Points where Democrats uh, were most divided were when Clinton talked about trumped up trickle down economics, and Trump talked about releasing his taxes when Hillary releases her 33,000 emails. Uh, Kevin, were there moments in the uh, spin room afterward where, um, you know, some of those shots that were uh, taken by each other, can, uh, each candidate at each other, um, they feel is going to stick. And I would imagine then we start to see and hear the ads that come out of it immediately in the days after. 
Oh, absolutely. I, I think first off for Donald Trump, where he got his points were really on the trade deals. You know, he scored big time points, hammering Hillary Clinton over NAFTA, talking about TPP and how, you know, he, he really was grilling her when he asked her, you know, because President Obama, we know, has been one of the key components of TPP. And he was basically asking Hillary Clinton, do you disagree with the president? Do you disagree with the president? To the point where her answer ended up just being, well, we have people have different views on different things. So he definitely won some points there. Hillary Clinton's biggest moments, though, is one that you just mentioned, the tax return issue. You know, she came out with three different reasons why Donald Trump isn't releasing his tax returns. You know, two of the more memorable ones were that, A, he may not be as rich as he seems, or B, she almost took a page out of Donald Trump's playbook and says something might be going on. On there that there's something suspicious that he's not telling us uh, Trump remaining adamant that he can't release those returns under audit and like you mentioned he responded saying Hillary Clinton should release her emails she then called that a bait and switch so Clinton getting high marks there Clinton also getting high marks when Donald Trump attacked her over her stamina now she responded when you go through 11 hours of congressional testimony and have been to over 112 countries you can talk about stamina so definitely some points there uh, the stop and frisk move uh, when we go back to the inner city issue that definitely raised some eyebrows we know donald trump saying that he continues to support stop and frisk despite a new york federal judge ruling that unconstitutional and despite the statistics showing that crime actually went down after stop and frisk was taken away so you know really good stuff to watch there both uh politicians scoring some marks though those are two big moments for hillary clinton that with all the ads you've seen against donald trump recently i'm sure you'll see some more of that coming in the next few days yeah kevin the fact checkers were really busy on the stop and frisk and then with tpp trump claimed without evidence that the Clinton campaign in 2008 was pushing very hard the false story that President Obama was born in Kenya, not in Hawaii. Um, Trump claimed the record shows that he was opposed to the Iraq war before it started. No record of that. In the moment that the that a politician makes the assertions or maybe even an exaggeration on stage, uh, you know, for folks who are watching both in the hall and then also I would guess in the media, uh, in the media center as well, uh, is everyone feverishly going back to try to get the fact checking done and say, all right, so did he interpret or are we interpreting this wrong or was this truly a a a a a bomb of a lie here Oh, well, I mean, it's constant. You know, you'll see people, it, it's almost as if they have statisticians backing, or statisticians backing them up where they're just constantly watching this. They have everything ready to go almost the second it gets the second out of her mouth while we are live tweeting. You have people working on this hard. And, and they really start analyzing these claims right away. It's pretty cool to see, um, you know, the stop and frisk thing, like you said, one of the big things that came up. And the Iraq war really was one. And that's where Trump lost a little bit of points. You know, this is something that Trump has gone on on record saying in 2002 and then he either a pleaded ignorance afterwards or b just got to the point where he said call sean hannity call sean hannity and talk about private conversations not exactly reassuring as you're trying to make your point Hmm, interesting. Uh, and, and as we look forward now, um, we see the, the venue change and the, uh, the, the, um, the overall presentation change. It becomes a little bit more of a town hall where it's not just uh, one moderator. It's actually going to be two, and it'll be more interactive with viewers and I would imagine some social media. That'll take place in uh, St. Louis. But Hofstra has now hosted three straight presidential debates. You know, and there were stories, Kevin, going into this one about the kind of protests that would happen. Jill Stein actually was there, the Green Party candidate, and was uh, away and many others as well it was that was that even close to the venue did they kind of do a good job of keeping that all off in the distance and not making too big of a spectacle 
Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, security and public safety. There was a heavy police presence between the security, between Nassau County Police Department, between the NYPD. I mean, we're talking for pre- for some scale here. The MAC, which is the Hofstra Basketball Center and where this debate was held last night, is on far north campus. Now, as you walk from the student center to the MAC, it's about a, let's say, five, seven minute walk. You really didn't see any protests at all. Things were mostly kept quiet. Dr. Jill Stein, as you mentioned, the Green Party candidate, probably had the biggest, but police threw her off. Off campus so she tried to uh she tried to continue that outside the gates but uh, again limited outside the gates you saw a few black lives matter protests uh, some of them going back and forth with trump supporters but for the reality was it was mostly contained they had a little bit of extra police on hand i was there in 2012 so compared to 2016 security was a little bit tighter which you anticipate with an election as big and as divided and as you know as, as crazy as this has been you expect that it's that higher up security presence but for the most part protests kept well and far away from the debate you didn't really see anything outside of the media center even outside the student center where all the uh, Hofstra students were watching and gathering nothing really too crazy for the most part it was pretty subdued WOKV's Kevin Rayfuse at uh, Hofstra University in New York we have fact check we've rated the debate Jamie Dupree our Washington insider providing analysis of the debate in the campaigns overall five must see moments and the other key takeaways from the debate are all up at WOKV.com what happened tonight was that Trump spent the entire time trying to address everything that's ever been said about him and Hillary spent the entire time trying to recite things that she memorized. Just one moment from the focus group that we pulled together last night. More on what uh, of the strong opinions and uh, how the um, undecided voters are thinking. Were they swayed by any moment last night? Come on, America. Is your vote really going to come down to who is the best one at arguing and winning an argument? Come on. One of many open mics we've been getting from you through the morning in the WOKV app. You can vote in our poll on who you felt uh, had the strongest performance. Brian Kilmeade was there last night in the spin room. Your key takeaway? For the most part, you saw a series of situations where Donald Trump didn't capitalize. I mean, not bringing up the Clinton Foundation. Uh, getting involved in the rabbit hole, which is no benefit to him on the birther issue without any good answer. And believe me, there are communications experts that could get him through that. The Iraq war, trying to prove to everyone that he was against it, nobody cares. I think that the focus he should have had on was the toughness he would show uh, to Iran, who would not be buzzing our ships, the toughness he would show to Russia, who would not be doing the same thing. Uh, to our plane. Now, I know you're going to have a lot more ground to cover tonight, beginning at 6 here on WOKV, Brian, but did you think in, in just a few seconds here, did last night change anything? She was terrible. Uh, she might not have gotten off the mat. I mean, I think Donald Trump, if he was great, had a chance for the knockout, because if you look at the polls, no one can deny the surge, although I talked to David Pluff last night, and he's like, no, I don't see a surge. We all knew it was going to tighten up. Really? You know it was going to tighten up in Pennsylvania? You knew you were about to give up Ohio? You knew it was going to tighten up in Virginia. And tightening up in uh, Florida as well recently. Brian Kilmeade back tonight starting at 6 on News 104.5. We pulled together a focus group of voters from across the political spectrum, including many undecideds and clearly no shortage of strong opinions. To me, I feel as if just Donald Trump's rambling and not and avoiding the question as the announcer was asking. Um, he kept bringing up different issues that had nothing to do with the question, and I just feel like he just missed the bar on a lot of things. David, let, let, let's go to you. Um, temperament was talked about quite a bit, especially uh, later on in the debate. How do you think both candidates handled that? Uh, Hillary was largely ranting uh, quite frequently, and uh, Donald Trump, he's a businessman. 
he is trying to present a solution in a businessman's negotiation tactic, uh, much like a, a lawyer uh, trying to express a resolution of the problems and identifying them. And all she was doing was uh, largely just uh, covering them over and trying to make a uh, rosy eyeglasses uh, presentation, which was a way understandard and provided absolutely no solutions. Nancy, I'd love to hear from you. What, what, what are your thoughts about uh, uh, what went on during the debate, especially when, when the focus turned to temperament between the two? Well, I think it uh, was clear to me anyway uh, the temperament of Hillary Clinton, she's more poised. Uh, you could see Donald Trump getting agitated. Um, he didn't want to answer any of the questions that he was asked. He'd avoid uh, what he was asked, being asked and move on to something else. Um, it's always about him. It's I you know, made uh, this business deal or I did this or I did that. I just don't see him as a team player. Donald Trump's comments about the Iran nuclear deal, uh, the, both candidates spoke about the, uh, their nuclear policies. Uh, Bryce, you were in the military. Um, what do you think ab ab about the comments concerning the Iran deal and whether we paid ransom for the hostages and, uh, and, and the nuclear aspect of it? Donald Trump says we're just you know, opening a Pandora's box for them. It hurts. Um, he's, he's right, 100% correct. I, I served when the, uh, when, when the USS Cole was hit, and uh, I was in the Navy, so it, it really hits home. I've watched our sailors be demoralized and humiliated, and I think that he's 100% correct that we need to stand up to the bullies that are out there, and I don't like the fact that we haven't been doing it. Okay, thank you very much, sir. Thank you for your service again. And I think, John, in the back there, you, had, you were in the, in the Navy as well? I was in the Army, sir. In the Army? Um, I agree pretty much with what he just said. Um, I see us projecting weakness around the world for the last seven and a half years. Um, anybody who has a, a, a child in, in school knows that, you know, there's, when a bully is on, a, uh, you know, the playground, uh, the more you project weakness, uh, the more the bully you're going to get. Uh, you, have to, you have to have strength. Not only she said words, um, yes, words matter, but actions mean much more than words do. Um, her actions have brought nothing but um, chaos to an already poor situation. Um, she tries to characterize Trump's words as being, um, you know, extreme or whatever. But, you know, being a business person, I don't pretend to understand what's inside the man's head. But if I, if I was doing that, I would want to talk as tough as possible, even, even with the whole Japan thing with people, you know, uh, paying their fair share and all those kinds of things. I don't think there's anybody in any party that doesn't support that idea. Um, you know, you, in order to get somebody to come to the negotiating table, you have to set them back on their heels a little bit so that you can gain a position of strength. You don't come to the table um, in a position of weakness. That's what we've always done. And uh, look where it's gotten us. We had some great results that came in from our Rate the Debate feature as well in our app and at WOKV.com. If you want to have a look at some of the key takeaways from that, head to WOKV.com. We've produced a story there, and you can see some of the key takeaways from the very first debate.